0: What an incredible, incredible night we have. I wonder if we can grasp the meaning of it. Before we do, join me in a prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come this night and we dare look into the feeding trough, the manger, and discover one that loved us more than we can imagine. Open our eyes to what that means for all of us if there would be anything that would hinder us grasping that, Lord, I pray you would remove it. Speak to us. We're listening because we want to know. How could you love us that much? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a night. A night that brings good news of great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born, Christ the Lord. And we have an invitation to see and unpack this great gift that God has given us. And we give gifts because of the gift that God gave us in his son. And I'm telling you, tomorrow morning will be an interesting time in households across the land. You know, as parents, you know, you'd, Santa's got to bring just the right stuff. And there are times you know Santa's going to bring just the right stuff. And you're so proud of Santa for just the right stuff. And kids come into the room, and uh, at our house Santa doesn't wrap presents, and so it's you walk into a, a, a toyland, and this particular year Santa did outdid himself, and and uh, my oldest son Andrew comes into the room and eyes ah, this big, and he's a uh, wow. Wow, he couldn't take a step without saying, wow, he was absolutely blown away. And and for the next half hour, he just kept saying, wow, and touching everything. It was heaven. And we were so proud. My second son comes into the room, goes over to his pile of stuff, new bite. A race car set, maybe combined with a train set. I mean, this was good. Looked around, put his head down. Santa didn't bring me anything I wanted. Marched into his room, got into his bed, and went to sleep. (laughs) Ouch. Her third child, Jamie... So young. She knew because she asked Santa for a Barbie car. This this car, she pictured she'd be out in the yard. She could get into it. She could go over the hill. She could take over the whole yard. She'd drive everywhere. It was going to be so great. When she got to her pile, she got a Barbie car. (laughs) And she looked at it. And she said, Barbie car, Barbie car. And she wondered, what happened? (laughs) Santa got it wrong. How could that be? And she wondered how Santa could have gotten it so wrong. My guess is that each of us come to Christmas in one of those three ways. Some come and are absolutely blown away with the idea that God will leave heaven's throne and, and come to earth and be like us, that we'd see Christmas as a wow, wow. We have our tree up before Halloween because it's such a wow. We can't wait for it. And there's others here, and and we know some of you because there are heel marks coming in all the way, you know, from the parking lot because somebody drug you here. You didn't want to be here. You don't get what's the big deal. It's just Christmas. And frankly, maybe God didn't give you what you wanted in life. And Christmas is a disappointment. Or maybe there's others who you, you come and, and you know it's a big deal, and everybody, there are some folks that are just so excited, and, and it's the most wonderful time of the year, and you're trying to figure out, like a Barbie car, Christmas, is there a God? And would he do such a thing? And how does it all work out? Where are you of those three scenarios? I love the fact that we, the four weeks before this night, we spend the Sundays uh, in the thrill of hope. We were doing a baby reveal. And uh, in our culture, a baby gets revealed about seven months ahead of time, and you find out the sex of the child and maybe the name and the due date. Well, this most unique baby reveal happened 700 years before the birth. It's written from the prophet Isaiah, and it's, it's supposed to bring great hope, uh, the thrill of hope, the joy of hope, the anticipation of hope, because it came at a dark time in the life of a people. And it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness. Now, some of you may be in some darkness. It's been difficult and COVID may have affected your job and may have affected Affected your freedom. And there's some in here who maybe it's deep darkness. There's one less chair around the table this Christmas dinner. Your dreams have been broken and it's deep darkness. But even in the deep darkness, it says a light has shone. And no matter how dark it is, when you light a light, you can see it a great distance because it outshines the darkness. And this light that we learned that they're talking about is a baby. It's a baby. It's a child. Listen to the text. We heard it sung earlier. For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever." The zeal of the Lord will do this. Now, you may have read it on a Christmas card. You certainly heard it in song. You you, you maybe have read this text before, but have you ever realized what this text is saying? Let me open it for you. For unto us, for us, for you, congratulations, you have a baby boy. So, We went out, and at very little expense, we wanted to buy cigars for everyone. Blue bubblegum cigars. You're welcome to take them home with you because you're going home tonight with a child, okay? Because the child is born unto you. Now, I know, you know, the the protocol, children are given to their parents at the hospital. That's the way it's supposed to go. The Bible says you have a child to take home. And it's a boy. Not only do you have a child, you have a son is given. Now when you say you have a child, that's to say this light in the darkness, this baby is going to be human because it will come in a human form. But... This human child is somebody else's son. God's son. So the child in this text is what's saying this child is human and this child is divine. You have a child that's human and a son is given that is divine. But it doesn't stop there. This divine one pre-existed. He's already there, so he's given. It's an amazing theological thing to kind of get your mind about. Of the increase of his government. So not only is he human, not only is he divine, but he is a king. And the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Every other king and government, there is an end to their reign. This one, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with what? Justice. And with righteousness. From this time forth and forever. Do you see When you peer into the manger, it's not just a baby. It's a human divine king who one day will be the last king ever, forever. One day, every knee will bow. One day, every tongue will confess who this child is. Now, if that's not a wow, you need to check your pulse. Or you need to figure out why it's not a wow. Because you're not alone. It wasn't a wow when he was born for a lot of people. Now, for some, it was a wow. In fact, it says in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, they came, behold, wise men, magi, astrologers, from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star, and when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Worth, worship means worship. He's worth traveling six months or a year by camel to get here. He's worth the treasures that we have. He's worth us taking off our robes, our crowns, and kneeling before him. Because he is a wow. He is a wow. And so they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. And they worshipped him. Now there was indifference. There was a, oh Yeah, I guess that's important. Matthew chapter 2, verse 3. When Herod the king heard of this from the Magi, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people. Now the chief priests were the religious leaders, the ministers of the day. They were the ones who were telling people one day a Messiah would come and they kind of headed up the organization that was going to say, come, Messiah. And King Herod said, what are they talking about? And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means the least of the rulers. Of Judah for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel do you know it's who they waited for and he was born just a couple of miles away but they were not interested in going to find out you see you can live in a religious system sometimes and you can trust in your system more than you can trust in the one who came to change or bring the system. You can get comfortable in your position. And so checking it out might just, might just make us a little uncomfortable. And then there was King Herod. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Notice in the text, and you'll have to go back to read it because it's amazing. The Magi said, we've come to worship the king, the king. And Herod turns to the scribes and say, they're looking for the Messiah. He in his own mind went from king to that's the one everybody's been waiting for for 700 years. He knew that if there was the Messiah, he no longer had any power. He'd have to bow to another king, another authority, and most of us don't like to do that. So he goes and has every male child two years and younger in Bethlehem put to death because he was going to get rid of this one who was a threat. He didn't want to have anything to do with him. And then there were the shepherds. You know, when uh, Brady did a great job telling the story, the, the, the angels come to the lowest in the food chain of people in that culture. They were the outcasts. Hey, unto you, for you today in the town of David, a Savior is born. And they leave their sheep to go check it out. And when they check it out, they come back. And the word that is used is they wondered what this means. Well, the baby was there. And and those guys in the glowing suits told us to go check it out. And we checked out, but I don't know what this means. And then there was one other group the angels. Don't miss the angels in the story. All they could do was sing. They were so blown away, all they could sing is glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest. And basically, let me translate that for you. Oh my God, what are you doing? You can't possibly Leave heaven's throne and be born in a feeding trough and become like one of them. You know what them are like. And they were in awe. Are you in awe? Do you get why he came? Let me tell you a little story that maybe will will help. 1964 in New York City, a 28-year-old woman walked home from work. Her name was Kitty. She was assaulted on the street. A guy assaulted her and began to stab her, and she screamed. She cried out, help, he's stabbing me, he's killing me. And lights went on. In the apartments overlooking this street, and people looked out their windows. And he thought, Oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. And he backed off until nobody came down. Nobody left their apartment to come down to help. And you can look it up for yourself he came back and he finished what he started and he took her life in front of all those people. Why would they not come down? Because they were afraid that what happened to her might happen to them. There's been articles written on it let me tell you this christmas is where god comes down because we need him our lives our hearts our world is broken we don't do those things we promise we'll do and we we do those things we promise we would never do we don't even keep our own laws let alone the laws that God sets for us. And our lives are a mess, and our world is a mess. We can't even look at each other without being angry, suspicious, accusatory, or ready to cancel somebody. So what does Christmas tell us? Christmas tells us that God comes down. Christmas tells us the king comes down. The king comes down, you might say, with the threat that we would harm him. The king came down to be harmed to make our world the kind of place that God would have it be. Without the shedding of blood, sins can't be forgiven. Without us knowing what God is like, it's hard to turn to Him and trust Him. John Lennon, for some of you younger folks, he was one of the Beatles. He was struggling with life, he was struggling spiritually, he was struggling emotionally. He was struggling. And he wrote one of the most popular Beatles songs ever written. And it was called Help. And let me tell you what he asks in that song. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. My friends, you and I need help. Some of us are ready to admit that. Some of the rest of us it may take a little while when we're honest with ourselves and we have a, a real a vision of what is happening in we will cry out help. I need somebody, but it can't just be. Anybody, we've taken this, this text, that baby reveal of 700 years, and we've looked at the four names in there. The question that we had as a staff and as we wrestled with this is, you know, in the Bible, there are 200 plus names of Jesus. Now, I know you can't read that. Trust me, those are words. (laughs) I could print you out a copy another time. Of those 200 names, the four in red come from the baby reveal. Now, with 200 names, why those four? If Jesus has 200 names, why 700 years before he is born do they pick those four when you have 196 others, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful counselor. Look how they're put together wonderful if you were here. Miraculous. That's what that word means. Miraculous counselor. Someone who can identify with us because they experienced what you and I experienced. You'll see the new billboards out and the TV ads. He gets us. It's the idea to help this world know that Jesus walked where we walked and he struggled with those things that we struggle with. He gets us. And the best counselor is one who Felt what we have felt. He is a miraculous counselor. A counselor knows the way. King Solomon was a counselor. That's the way. Mighty God, that word means victorious God. He, he won the battle. So not only does he know the way, he won the battle to get you on the way. Everlasting Father. He is a everlasting caregiver who fathered initiated the way who walks us through the way and prince of peace the shalom in Hebrew it means wholeness that from the inside out you are whole that's who this baby that's when you dare to look into the manger to see a king. He didn't come to be religious. We we want to put him in that religious category. He's a king with a kingdom, the kingdom of God who knows the way, who victoriously through the cross provided the way who is present with us, to walk us every day through the way and to bring us wholeness in the midst of the chaos of our lives. My friends, if you are indifferent to that, I don't get it. If you are angry with that, I do, because it means that you're not the king. And you're on your own. But when you see you have a child who is divine, human divine king who gave his life so you can have life. Oh my friends, what a gift. It is a wow. 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 You think about that. Amen. Pray with me, gracious Heavenly Father. Thank you for pulling back the covers, pulling back, unwrapping this gift, helping us to see we need somebody. It can't just be anybody. So you sent your son, who is the somebody that walks us home and through the dark and difficult times we face. Oh, Lord, may we be in awe. May it cause our heart to sing. May it be a wow. If there's anyone here or listening that hasn't trusted you, bought in, thrown their life in with who you are, may they do it this night. It will be the greatest gift they ever opened.